gates and jobs and walls of fame. The here and gone and back again. Just like Lazarus faking it. We're cracking the code again. Making all kinds of friends. Together we're all alone. When the master serves a machine too long. Welcome to the Lone Star Play Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Scott Armstrong. Join me and a famous guest every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. We discuss their career, life, food, Texas, and everything in between. Let's get started. The, the truth is, is if I say something stupid, and that will happen, but for the most part, I leave my stupid shit in because I just, I'm, you know, that's what people expect of me, I think, just to say something stupid. I've learned that people love train wrecks. Yeah. <laughs> I am loved then. I'm deeply loved. And that's the case. <laughs> well, look, man, I am. I'm really excited to talk to you, man. First of all, I have been listening to y'all's music just like nonstop uh, for, you know, a week now, I think. Um, and it's been great. It's been really great. I, I have to confess. Um, and I, I say it a lot on the podcast. I, I really just don't listen to a lot of music, period. Anyway. So I didn't really know who y'all were and I started d diving in deep and I thought, wow, I'm an idiot for not knowing who y'all are, to be honest with you. Um, you know, y'all have done some amazing things, have some amazing songs. That Hurricane song is absolutely unbelievable. And, you know, what's funny is I heard that song. I just told my uh, I just told Alexa uh, play Band of Heathens. And, that, and that's just the first song that it, it threw out to me. So I didn't know any history of it. I didn't know anything. So I listened to the song and I'm just thinking, wow, that's a great song. You know, I did a good sing-along song. I, mean, I was like, damn, that's a powerful song. And of course, I start Googling it. And of course, I'm not the only one that thought that. I mean, that, that song really took off and, and did a lot for y'all. And people were covering it on American Idol. And right, it just, it just sort of has this mind of its own. Um, so yeah, I, I know I'm kind of jumping all over the place, but that's just where my mind is right now, uh, thinking about that. And then I just listened to the new stuff you guys uh, have coming out um, this September, which I definitely want to dive into that. Um, and it's a little different, right? It's a little, you can see the the journey y'all have taken uh, as a band um, in some ways. Um, so yeah, I guess we'll just dive into where, whatever you feel like, man, what are, what yeah. are your responses to that? <laughs> Yeah, man. Uh, so I'll give you a little background. Um, obviously, my name's Gordy Quist, and and uh, people, those most people probably have no idea who I am. But if you do, it's because of my work with uh, my band, the Band of Heathens. Uh, we formed in Austin, like maybe almost fifteen years ago. Where Where are you at right now? Just real quickly. I'm in Austin. So okay. So yeah, and you're down off South Congress, right? I listen yep. to some of the other podcasts. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I'm on the north side of town now, kind of off of uh, like 45th Street in Mopac. Oh, um, yeah. Kind of Camp yeah. Mabry area. But yeah. um, I, I lived on the east side, east side for like seven or eight years. And, uh, and then Is that where you live when you first moved here? I feel like that's where everybody yeah. lives. Me too. Yeah. That's I, where I, I lived, lived too. The, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I actually probably lived there for like 10 or maybe 10 years. Uh, sure. Um, I guess from when I first moved here. But yeah, I moved to Austin with a band. And that band ended up falling apart. 
was doing the singer songwriter thing and then kind of met the guys that became the heathens kind of by accident. But, uh, and that was a side project. We never intended on that being like a real band. Uh, it was like what we did on Wednesday nights in Austin. That's a cool story though, how that came together and it blew yeah. up like that. That's a really cool story. Yeah. It's really, it's funny like how some of the things you don't plan on kind of end up kind of taking on a life of their own. But, but so I'd love to get into that. Um, but the band kind of as time has gone on and the band has evolved now and, and we were on the road so much, we were doing like 250 shows a year at one point. And so, Damn. um, and not wow. locally. So we were on the road and so it kind of didn't matter where we lived. So now Ed, uh, the other kind of founder and singer in the band, he lives in Asheville, North Carolina. Um, our drummer, Richard, he moved to LA where his, his wife's family's in LA and our, uh, our bass player, Jesse, he moved to uh, Nashville, East Nashville. And then uh, Trevor, our keyboard player, and I, we still both live in Austin. So he's down south, and I, right I live on. up here on the north side. So uh, I love Austin. I know a lot of people, you know, talk about, oh, how much it's changed. And I moved here in 04, certainly not like the longest, you know, span of time. But I've seen a bunch of change obviously happen in this That's city. a long time. I mean, that's 16 years. That's, that's a long time. Yeah, yeah you've seen a change. I still love the city. It's different. Yeah. It certainly is a different city. Than, I don't know that I would have been able to afford it when I, you know, back then I, I probably wouldn't have moved here if it was what it is now, only because I couldn't have afforded to live here. But, um, but I love living here. I'm so grateful to be here. It's a great city with great culture and music, and the food scene is just incredible. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and and I have two daughters, a seven year old and a five year old, and um, my wife Amber. Uh, actually works in the in the food uh, arena as well, but um, but yeah, it's it's a great city. The other thing I'm really into, I have a recording studio here in town. Oh, really? Uh, called the, the Finishing School, and that's kind of what I do when I'm on the road. One second here. What's that? <laughs> I don't have them. They're in the drawer. I I like you that you have your mask on, or that yep. she's wearing. I love that. Love that. Yep. She she likes the mask. Uh, <laughs> So yeah, this is welcome to my life. This is it. Dude, uh, she went no, like this. No she, yeah. she went like that. She's like, "What do you want me to do? Yeah. Uh, what, what do you want me to do?" I love yeah. that. I love kids. Well, they're crack, they're cracking me up. I don't have any kids. That's why I like them because I get to stay away from them. You know what I mean? I just get to see them from a distance. You like get the oh, fun your parts. Yeah, I get the yeah. fun with my nephews. Yeah. You know, my two nephews. Like they Facetime me now. They have these iPads. Yeah. They're, they're only five and six. And they but know they, how to use those but things. they, they know how to FaceTime me from their iPad. So they'll just randomly call me, you know, just these random, <laughs> it's just yeah. so funny. It's crazy. Yeah, it's, it's funny. I, I was convinced it took us a long time. We, we were married for like seven years before we had children. And I was for a while, I was convinced having children was going to like ruin my life. I was like, ah, the traveling <laughs> and the, we, we have a good thing going. I'm not so sure. And, but it's the greatest, uh, yeah. greatest gift ever. It really, uh, makes, it's one of those things that I don't think I could have understood or seen it before. And then once you're in it, it's like, it makes everything richer. It's like a lens you totally. now see life through. That's very cool. But, uh, yeah. I've enjoyed that. That's, that's my, uh, all the cool things I thought were cool in my life before are now second place to just hanging with my kids. So, <laughs> um, not, not very rock and roll or exciting, but you know, it's kind of the, I get it, man. Reality, I trust me. So. If, if I had kids, they would be everything to me. Um, I just don't, my wife and I just don't have kids. I mean, I don't know. We're, yeah. we're 40, we're 40 Enjoy and it. 
Yeah, it's just, I mean, we've thought about it. We're th thinking about maybe adopting down the road. Um, I have a few friends that have done that and been successful with that and, and have yeah. nothing but great things to say about it. And I like the idea of, you know, helping out some kids that don't have anywhere to go, you know, in yeah, a way. Um, totally. So, you know, anyway. And now, and your your wife is from Spain. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, that, I thought that was really interesting. My mom grew up in Madrid. Oh, really? And yeah, my grandmother's from Palma de Mallorca, from the island. Yeah, Mallorca. Beautiful yeah. place. Yeah, I mean, that's are you where kidding? Where all her family's from. Yeah. Holy cow. Wow. Really cool. And, uh, and, and you've done the, the El Camino, the pilgrimage. Yeah. My mom yep. did it a couple of years ago as well. Oh, really? So, well, tell her yeah. buen, buen Camino. Yeah. She'll, she'll know what that means. Um, that's a big deal. I mean, look, I got a tattoo for her. Like, I don't know if your mom got a tattoo as well, but. Uh, it's the greatest experience of my life. Anybody that's done the Camino, honestly, if I met your mom, I would feel like we were kindred spirits. As crazy yeah. as that is, I would be like, I know you, I, yeah. you, you, know, you know me. It's a yeah. weird, it's a weird, uh, it's a weird, that is so cool. She did that. Yeah. Yeah. It's really cool. She grew up there. She moved back to the States or she moved to the States when she was 16. But um, yeah, I, I love Spain. We, we get, we get to go to Europe and tour maybe every other year or so we've been maybe a dozen times, but, Oh, that's awesome. Uh, but I love, I love playing in Spain and uh, I mean, I love Europe in general, but it's cool. I've, I've even brought my kid one time a tour ended in, uh, in Barcelona. And so my wife and kids flew out and we made a oh, little vacation of it. Dude, so. That is awesome. Yeah. That, I bet yeah. they love that. Oh yeah. Yeah. So that, that's good. Yeah. Um, but I, uh, I also was going to ask you, you had a food truck, called uh boca right yeah have you ever eaten at a place in barcelona called boca grande do you know that restaurant <sighs> i spent um three months in barcelona in 2010 uh -huh. I, I don't recall that name okay. uh but you would, know, I, you would remember it know. right this on. place it's it's one of my favorite restaurants there and i mean first of all i just love spanish food yeah but um but this place was crazy. Uh, it has, it's like two or three levels and the bathrooms are in, they're in the, like the basement, the bottom floor. And someone told me like, you got to go check out the bathrooms. It's like, what are you talking about? That's the weirdest thing. <laughs> that is so weird. <laughs> we, we, I go down there and it's this big open, like communal room, like where you, the sinks are, it's this big open room with mirrors going like all the way up. And apparently late at night, when the restaurant shuts down or it might even stay open, but, uh, they have dance parties. They bring a DJ down into the bathroom <laughs> and like there's a dance party in the bathroom. And so it's like this, this big room with all the sinks and then the toilets are in like down a hallway and they're all, everything's co-ed. Like there's no like men's and women's oh, side. It's yeah. just like open concept. It's very like hip and like, it looks like, it looks like a dance club in the bathroom. It's crazy. Uh, but the food's awesome. It's a great, it's a very cool restaurant. I hope I they're doing okay through this pandemic. You know, obviously they're probably closed right now, but I hope they survive. Yeah, but, for sure. Uh, that sounds crazy. Um, they do nightclubs and all kinds of weird places in Spain. I went to nightclubs in a in a cave one time. Um, actually, lots of times. Uh, that was cool. You're just in this cave with lights and smoke, and you're dancing. And it's weird. You just feel like you're in the Jurassic period or something i don't know it's the weirdest uh feeling yeah um but yeah they got basement they always said they have a lot of basement uh 
uh, stuff there. That that wow, yeah. that is uh, <laughs> that is going the communal bathrooms. That's actually more common in Spain than you think. I don't know if all of Europe is like that because I spent the majority of my time living in Europe in Spain. Uh, so I don't really know the rest of Europe to be to be honest with you. But the communal bathroom thing is is actually quite co common in a lot of places, and I, I find that I found that very odd at, at the beginning. Uh, yeah. Obviously, yeah. Uh, for women more than anything, I just felt more bad for them, not for men. Men, right? Men yeah. are just men don't we, care as much. Maybe yeah. Nah, we don't give a fuck, yeah. right? We're yeah. We, we, it's much easier for us. I, I don't know about you, but my wife always com complains to me that like hey, you can just go to the bathroom anywhere. I've got to like, you know. It's not the same for me because uh, yeah. we ca we'll camp a lot and stuff like that, right? It's just not. It's it's. I mean, for guys, it's yeah. It's like it's nothing. Yeah, it's, and like you said, we don't care either. So put that on top of it. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. Man, well, that's cool. I, man. I was I was thinking about the the last time we were in Europe, we played the Montreux Jazz Festival in Switzerland, Montreux, Switzerland, and um, and I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about this story as it relates to food because we we played the festival and then afterwards there was this like hang in a jazz club and it was like invite only by the festival, mainly artists who played and you know, the, our tour manager was like, you might get invited. It was this thing where it was like, <laughs> we might not even be able to get in. It's like very exclusive and uh, they, they ended up getting us uh, on the list and we go to this hang. It's very cool, very chill and then in walked Quincy Jones. Now, I don't wow. know if you know who Quincy Jones yeah. is, but he he's amazing. Michael, Michael Jackson. Sure. That's what I think yeah. of first. Crazy, right? Yeah. And um, and we had just recorded this uh, our last album that came out uh, in 2018 was a remake of a Ray Charles record, and we we covered we fell in love with this Ray Charles record oh, from wow. 1972 called "A Message from the People," and. It's hard. It's hard to find. It's out of print. You can find like you. We found a used vinyl copy. Um, you can find used CDs, used vinyl. It doesn't really exist in its entirety on Spotify or iTunes or any of the uh, the sites, the digital sites. So, we love this record so much, and I have a studio. So we we're like, well, let's re-record the whole thing. First, it was like, let's just do one song. And then we're like, well, let's do this one too and this one. And then it was like. Okay, let's try the whole thing, and then we got to the last couple. And we're like, "Wow, these are going to be daunting." But let we've gone this far. Let's do the whole. Let's do it. So we we did it. We liked how it came out, and uh, we did it in like four days, and then we put it out as a record called "A Message from the People Revisited." Well, Quincy Jones did all the string arrangements on that record originally for Ray oh. Charles. We had just finished the record, and apparently our publicist had sent him a copy, and he gave he liked the record and gave us a nice press quote for it. And then we run into him. We'd never met him, obviously. We run into him in this club in Montreux, Switzerland. And we sit down, and we end up talking with him for like 30 minutes, and it was just awesome. And the guy's full of amazing stories. Speaks, He says he speaks like, I don't know, 47 languages or something crazy. And he's, <laughs> he's just this fascinating guy. And... Um, so when I got back, I, uh, I ended up, we were playing a festival in Wisconsin and my grandmother lives like an hour away in, uh, in Minneapolis. Um, not my Spanish grandmother, but my, uh, American grandmother. And she, I, I went up a day early and had dinner with her and I was telling her, you won't believe it. I just met like Quincy Jones. And she looks at her sister, my great aunt Amy. She's like, didn't cousin Bruce work with Quincy Jones? And I was like, Bruce who? She's Bruce Swedeen. <laughs> Bruce Wedeen's your cousin. Bruce Wedeen is like was Quincy's 
engineer for thrill he mixed thriller with michael jackson and quincy oh he engineered thriller. like he's done so many cool and he's still alive and he lives in florida and so anyway they wrote a, a letter my great aunt wrote a letter to bruce swedeen he invited us to his place in florida the next time we're on on tour well six months later we we're on tour through florida we he invites us to his house in his studio and there's a note on uh there's a, a signed thing. There's tons of gold records and platinum records and all this stuff everywhere. But he had a, a quote on the wall of him and Quincy working together. I got to look it up because it was um, it was about food and music. And it's oh, such, I love it. Yeah. I think about it. He, he worded it so perfectly. Uh, this is a quote from Quincy Jones. From Quincy Jones. And they would talk. He said, like, he and Quincy or he and Bruce worked so well together. Um. Because they they spoke they spoke the same language, and um, they just felt they, each other musically, right? Just knew nods well, and this and short shorthand and. I can't just, find the exact quote here, but but basically, <laughs> making music is a lot like making a meal, and you might be recording something, and it's like, and it's a little dark and earthy. It needs a little zest or it needs a little spice. Yeah. That means, okay, okay. let's go add something with some sparkle on the top end. I see. And you might add a, sh a shaker that's EQ'd a little bit high or, yeah. you know, it might, Oh, you know what? There's too much going on here. It's, it's too, too, you know, let's simplify this section. And when we're mixing, we'll, we'll, we'll pull the guitars out or, you know, basically like when you think about making music a lot, like making, a dish um, it's very similar you know and yeah. you're trying to move somebody when they experience it you want them to experience the richness the complexity you might want to shock them with something you know there, there's yeah. crunchy texture is another <laughs> yeah. big thing in music and, and the same thing in food and so um, anyway a I, I like story, that but, no no I, li I like that a lot yeah that makes yeah. sense it's uh, it was kind of cool, and it was amazing to find out that Bruce Swedeen is like a distant cousin of mine. And how cool uh, is that, right? That's yeah, crazy. I don't have any cool distant cousins. Well, maybe I do. <laughs> I just don't know it, right? Like, I just you know, it's fun. I used to lie when I was a child. Okay, I used to blatantly lie and tell people that Neil Armstrong was my uncle. I would just make that up, and people yeah. believed it because Armstrong, you did Armstrong and Armstrong. And this was like you know, eighty four, eighty five. We're idiots back then. Yeah. We didn't know. There's no internet to Google. Plus, we're we're like five and six years old in school. Who's gonna Who's gonna fact check you? Yeah, yeah. No, right? Nobody fact checks back then. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. yeah, he's my uncle. You know, and it never, this, never. It's the, not so, true. So, uh, so we're we're the same age here. And um, do you remember seeing? Were you allowed to watch the movie Top Gun when you were a kid? Oh yeah, I watched every R-rated movie uh, yeah. when I was a kid. Like. Top Gun like blew my mind. My dad was a Navy fighter pilot growing oh, up. He flew, up, he flew F-14s. Like he, wow. he did that his whole life. Wow. He, you know the aircraft. He is Maverick. He's like yeah. he is Maverick. So <laughs> so that movie came out, and he had gotten out of the active duty and was kind of moving to the reserves around eighty four, eighty five, and so he had switched from flying F-14s to A-4s, which is what Tom Skerritt. That's like Jester and Viper. They were like the the adversaries, the pretend bad guys, and oh, you know okay. when they're training. Yeah. So my dad switched over to doing that around the time I was 
four, five, six years old, and um, had you know he was just he would be gone at sea on the aircraft carrier for six months, nine months, and it was too oh, much wow. when my sister and I were little. So he got out of the active duty and went to the reserves and flying as an adversary, flying A4s. Well, when I was in second grade in 87, he gets invited to be an instructor at Top Gun in Miramar. Oh my God. And yeah. And so, and I was born in Miramar actually. Like he was, he was based in San Diego when I was born and then we moved to Virginia beach and then to Houston. But so now he has to go, I forget how long it was. It was a couple of months or something. He went and went through the Top Gun thing as an adversary, like Jester and Viper in the movie. Well, I go to school and we had just moved to Houston. I mean, I'm like the new kid in second grade moving halfway through the year. And, uh, and I'm telling all the kids, like, my dad is at Top Gun. The movie had just come out a year or two earlier. And, like, yeah. I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. Well, my, t- my teacher calls my mom up. She's like, we're going to have to have a talk. Gordy's having a problem telling fibs in class. You know, he's, he's telling lies to all this. So my mom's very concerned. She, she didn't tell her what it was. but So my mom goes in for a conference and... And uh, the teacher's like, you know, Gordy's telling kids that, you know, his dad is at Top Gun, you know, like that movie. And my mom was like, well, actually, that's where he is right now. It's not just a movie. It's a real thing. And uh, (laughs) mic drop. Your mom just like mic drop. (laughs) Yeah. And so for show, as soon as my dad got back for show and tell, I got to bring his like plaque in to show and tell. I was like, that is so cool. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, I think if you'd have said like, you know, yeah, my dad's Tom Cruise, right? Th- then there would have been an issue. Uh, that is yeah. so funny, dude. That is cool though. You got to say that like legitimately. Yeah, that's very crazy, dude. That is so cool. Your dad must have some amazing stories, like, yeah. right? I mean, I can't. My dad was in the Air Force, but he was only in it for four years, and. Honestly, by the time I was born in 79, I was born in Omaha because that's where he was stationed. And he, he got out like months, honestly, after I was born. And, and I, you know, I never was a part of that life. Uh, but on, on my rest in peace, my father passed away in 2015. And on his deathbed, uh, my father told us some pretty crazy military stories that he had been sworn to secrecy to. Uh, so on his deathbed, he, he just revealed a bunch of stuff that he had done Um that I just was blown away by, man, to be honest with you. I was like, so you can tell us all right now. You can tell the, the World Wide Web, right? Yeah. You know what? I'm going to tell you one, <laughs> one quick cool story that my dad oh, did. It was really cool. He said he, he was stationed on a little island um, in, uh, in between Alaska and, you know, whatever, uh, you know, Asia and, and Russia, right? All that, the other side of over there. And there's this little string of islands where, uh, we have, I guess, Air Force bases and stuff. Honestly, I don't know if it's um, like public knowledge or not, but my dad was stationed there and that's what he told me and blah, blah, blah. So he says, look, I was stationed there. And one time um, um, my whatever person in charge came up to me and gave me a briefcase. They, they gave me a briefcase and handcuffed it to my wrist. And they gave me a sidearm. And they put me on a plane and they sent me to Washington, D.C., and he said, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know what was going on. And at the time, I didn't know where I was flying to. So he didn't know he was going to D.C., but he just said they just told him, if anybody tries to take this from you, 
shoot him. Like this is what the sidearms from. My dad's like, what the, what am I taking? What am I, you know, what, what's in this briefcase? And, and still to this day, doesn't know. He got off the plane. He said they, they, you know, took him someplace near the White House. They uh, un, unhandcuffed the, the briefcase and then put him back on the plane and sent him back. And, um, you know, I thought that was really cool and interesting. And I was like, whoa, wow. that is, I can't imagine being what? that, right? Like, it was Holy it was shit. the Pulp Fiction suitcase. Yeah, totally. The light or something inside, right? Yeah. You didn't know. Yeah. yeah he said, I said, there? Dad, I said, Dad, were you not, you know, just so curious what was in that briefcase? I would have tried to open that thing. He's like, no, I would never. My dad was so rigid, so not rigid. I, that, that's a bad word. Like he was just so good. Like my Military. dad was just so good natured, right? Military grew up on yeah. a farm in St. Louis, just this sort of my dad just like right and wrong my dad never towed the line i mean he never you know there was no gray area for my father so it never crossed his mind to ever even think to look in there of course that's my only thought would be to break that bitch open on the plane and and then when i get there they're like is this been open I'm like no i i didn't i don't know how i, I didn't touch it I didn't. some guy some guy came and opened this thing i yeah. shot him in the head Totally. I swear I didn't <laughs> do it. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, yeah, that's a crazy quick story. But yeah, military stuff. As far, yeah, your yeah. dad must have. I can't even imagine your dad. Uh, my yeah. dad didn't do anything cool like Top Gun or well, anything like that. You know, who knows? Um, <laughs> well, let's talk you about your... know about it. Yeah, that's true. Well, hey, that's a good point. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I just want to know about aliens. That's what I was asking my dad. Did you yes. hear anything about aliens? Have you They're heard anything? They're releasing all these videos. What does your yeah, dad say about that? Out. Has your dad I, I ever? Asked, I haven't asked him about it, but he's really into astronomy and like, kind of. Uh, I, I I think he's open to the idea that there's something else out there. Well, know? there has to be in my mind. There's no question that there's uh, there's life out there. Um, you know, yeah. just just talk to any astronaut or anybody. Any, the the Hubble telescope. They said it takes each picture it takes. There's like a trillion stars in it, and that's just one picture, dude. So imagine. And they keep pointing it around. I mean, the just odds. the odds, right? The odds that there's life out there. Now, the real question is whether or not they have actually visited us and they're here and they're probing right. people out of Alabama. You know, yeah. we, 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 that's the real uh, question. And, and I get that. I, I totally, I don't know where I fall on all that, to, to be honest with you. Yeah, so you the know. question is, is it um, to realize how small we are yeah. in the grand scheme of all of it, is it comforting or is it terrifying? That's a great you know? point. Great. Point. I don't know. I, and I don't know how I feel, but in some ways I feel like it's comforting, you know? It's yeah. like, oh yeah, we're, we're just this little blip, you know? Little what would be dust. your fear? What would be your fear? Well, I mean, what, it's just like, it, there's like a, a vast, it's like kind of like lonely, and uh also just like fear of like what's out there like what else is out there you know yeah. or um yeah but yeah i guess it's maybe more it's more comforting than it is terrifying you know but, stephen uh, hawking has a there's a famous quote from stephen hawking i'm a probably butcher it trying to paraphrase it here but basically he said look if if I, he said that he thought that we should stop sending signals out to space trying to contact extraterrestrial life he said because think about it what did we do? What did Columbus do, right? When he got to America, think about, he said, we would be the Indians, right? Yeah. And, and the aliens would be Columbus. It's like, that's just, look at our history. We, we conquer 
new civil i mean it's just the world history right anybody going to new land they conquered spain spain and mexico right i mean we could go in south america and even america uh yeah. so that's his you know one of the smartest people to ever live uh saying that that gave me great pause and made me think well shit maybe you're right we're sending out these signals like hey come check us out check us out and it's like oh shit we don't know what that life thinks of us or what they would do if they found us and that is kind of that's what kind of scares me um if they showed yeah. up would it be like independence day you yeah. know Fuck. yeah I don't yeah. know. Or, I, or I, if we found someone else, what would we do? You know, would that's, we treat them like the Native Americans or would we, you know. That's I, a great point. That's another great point. Fear. What would we do? But, yeah. I think we would um, be would be cool to, to, you know, I think we would want to study and I don't think we would harm them um, in a lot of ways. So maybe with time, people are more advanced and they actually are not going to be as aggressive and violent. That, that seems like a very primal thing you know in, in a lot of ways so maybe i don't know who knows i, I don't know yeah, who knows it is crazy though but yeah, yeah so I, I mean plus they released this article in the new york times recently where they talked about they have pieces of uh, of craft from unknown origin right from outer space they literally said an astrophysicist is quoted as saying that and that they've studied it and they gave wow. reports on it to uh senate intelligence committees that's nuts, dude. That's when I read that, I was like, what, huh? What, how does this not all over the news? I mean, it wasn't on a lot of news and stuff, but it wasn't like right. the thing that people are talking. I think they're dropping crumbs, dude, little by little to just eventually tell yeah. us. I mean, right. that makes the most sense because if you just come out, isn't, don't you think that would be the greatest discovery up to date? Yeah. Would be yeah. finding life. Right. Right. I mean, how, uh, how unless it's just like uh, so incredible, they think people wouldn't believe it. So they don't you know, it doesn't become news. I don't know. That too. Yeah. Who maybe knows people, what's out there? You know, maybe people wouldn't what believe it. Yeah. I, I mean, you'd be writing songs about it, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you guys be? Yeah. Yeah, of course. I mean, <laughs> it would be like, yeah. This is nuts. Well, let's talk about this new album. Talk, speaking of new yeah. songs, um, I love that you guys have this new album. I, I watched the uh, animated video. Dude, it's so badass. I got to tell you, dude, just everything I saw about y'all's stuff was just badass. And this really was, man. I was just really impressed with every little single piece of thing that I came across. Every video, every song, every... It was great. And this new animated video is so slick, dude. Did you, did you see the Black Cat one? Yes, the Black the Cat one. Dude, yeah. that thing is slick, bro. I Thanks. mean, so good. And the song accompany. I mean, it's just one-two punch, man. So, so good. Let's talk a little bit about, you know, where that came from or what, whatever you want to discuss about it, really. Yeah, so um, basically we, before the, the pandemic, so this is our, I guess, our seventh studio record with the Band of Heathens, and um, we we've done a bunch of our recording in Austin, most most of it. Um, a couple re records ago, we did it kind of piecemeal from a bunch of different studios, uh, Nashville, and then in North Carolina, and some in Austin. But this time around, we wanted to go someplace different, and we kind of wanted to be isolated and hole up as a band and just like only be focused on this record. Um, little did we know 
how isolated we would be in the coming months. Uh, had we known that this pandemic was going to happen, I don't know that we would have like gone to like isolate ourselves to make a record. <laughs> but uh, we were trying to get weird and do something different and, and really see what doing that would do to the music. And so we went to Portland, Oregon, which is a great city that we all love, but none of us have any personal connections there. So we just got a, a house, we rented a house, and then uh, we called up uh, Tucker Martin, who's a really great producer, has a really amazing studio there. And, um, and we spent, uh, I guess, two weeks kind of holed up and, and making the record. And, and music is, is very much influenced by, I mean, it's a creative endeavor, right? So um, we had a batch of songs written. We had actually recorded a bunch of them here in Austin as kind of demos, but, um, but we went up there to like rethink everything, like blank slate, anything can happen, uh, and just kind of uh, wanted to see what would happen. And, you know, the, the geography of where you are yeah. affects the music the people sure. you're around affects the music the food and the yeah. wine you drink all of that i think affects the music and so we we made this record and uh it's very very cool we're we're really happy with how it turned out it's cinematic and uh and rich and and um i think it marries the the things that i love about the band in terms of like it from a singer-songwriter perspective, the songs are, are strong and can stand up in an acoustic uh, form, which is like now in the pandemic, that's like pretty much all we have because we can't right? jam. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, but, the, but it also rocks because the, the band is a really good rock and roll band and yeah. um, it's fun to play rock and roll with them. So it kind of marries those two flavors in a kind of rich cinematic way. And Cinematic's so, a good word to describe but that's a very interesting uh, word choice, but it absolutely makes sense if you hear some of the music. Like, that's a great, great oh, choice. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Yeah, so um, so then it, we finished the record. It was mixed around March, and then it was like, okay, everything started shutting down, touring starts canceling, and we had mapped out September as the release date, and basically... We had we hadn't done any press photos. We did bring a photographer and a videographer with us to Portland, but normally yeah. we would have done a little bit more. We would have done music videos, and we would have done all these things in the lead up to the rollout of the record in for September, which we couldn't do. I mean, I haven't seen the guys in person um, since February. So um, basically, we found this guy Josh Clark, who's a really great animator. He's actually a great musician as well. But we did two. We actually did two videos. There are two videos out from the record. Uh, both animated by the same guy. There's one called uh, Black Cat, which is the one that you saw. And it's kind of a weird, very trippy story. It's a true story, actually, about this guy who came to the U.S. from Portugal, an immigrant. He came illegally around the turn of the last century. And um, anyway, that's a very cool video. We, and we did animation because we couldn't get together to do the videos with our with us in it. And I think it yeah. actually turned out it's awesome well. i mean i think the video is so cool and it sticks out man it's it's a different right like Thanks. it just i loved it i mean i just absolutely Thanks. loved i just love the choice of the animation because i not that i'm a big person that knows a lot about animation but i know that there's a lot of different styles and looks of animation and i just love the choice of it it's really cool so check out so there's another tune called today is our last tomorrow i saw that one too like, yeah Amazing. that's the same animator yeah 
awesome. coming on. It's the same record. And that song is kind of strangely prophetic. I mean, it's this like, <laughs> yeah. kind of like the yeah. world is melting down yeah. and we're just going to make the best of it and party. Kind <laughs> It's kind of like a party song, a fun song whilst kind of celebrating like well it's all you know it's all coming down oh well we're all oh, fucked we yeah whatever. enjoy the ride <laughs> so and the video is it's like slightly political but not really leaning one way or the other we tried to like kind of poke fun at all sides so that sure. hey you know you can't get offended because we tried to offend everybody yeah so um anyway yeah we did those two videos we have another video coming out this week uh for a song called south by somewhere and uh it'll probably one, i bet the video will be out when this episode comes out so yeah, you can, so check you out can, South yeah. by Somewhere. It's it's beautiful. Speaking of like cinematic, the way this video is shot is beautiful. Oh, I can't wait to Justin, see it. Ugh. Justin McWilliams shot it, and he he got. Uh, we're not in it because we couldn't fly together to be, but he was on the West Coast in like Northern California, and he got a small crew of um, actors, actresses, and and film people, and COVID tested them all. They had to actually delay shooting a week to wait for some of the test results to come in. And then once they were all clear, they got together. They stayed isolated, and then they got together, and they made this very cool music video. So that's that will be out, I guess, by the time this podcast yeah. airs. Awesome. Um, oh, I can't wait yeah, to see that. We're excited about the new record. It comes out in September, and there's a few songs out there already on like Spotify and iTunes and Pandora. So check them out. That's awesome. I, I got to, yeah, this is just so exciting. I mean, it's got to be exciting at the same time, a little frustrating, I'm sure, because you probably had some live shows planned, right? You're going to put out a record that makes the most, most sense. So, yeah. you know, I'm sure it's thrown everything for a loop, but I love that you guys have pivoted and adapted and, you know, you got to make it work. What else are you going to do, right? You can't just go cry in a corner. You got to, you know, you got to do something. I mean, that's, yeah. that's the reality of it. Um, but I have a re really weird, uh, side question um just because i'm so curious when you were recording for those two weeks right at that house and stuff how how was y'all's recording schedule are you are you guys like recording at all hours you know midnight yeah. 3 a.m or is there just a set time and you were or was it just a free for all of whenever the energy's there no so um so we didn't we lived in a house and then there was a recording studio that was tucker's tucker yeah. martin's recording studio it's called flora recording and playback it's very cool but um we actually would this and, and it's funny tucker's schedule that he likes to work is very similar to how i like to work here in austin and not some people like that like all night thing they like the marathon um i feel like after if you only make one record a year and like, yeah, then why not? Right. Like go do the marathon thing and, and do that. But for us, it's kind of about the, like the long haul. We've been doing this a long time when we're not working on band of heathens recordings. Like most of us are working with other artists and doing other projects as well. The engineers involved, everybody like, Hey, this is what everybody does for a living. And so that schedule to me can be, can become a grind. Sure. If you're working 12 hour days, 14 hour days, all the time because every week you're working with a different artist and to them it's the one time they're in the studio so they're like yeah let's go all night yeah. but yeah. you got to realize there's a crew of people working that like they do this every day and so the schedule i prefer i feel like creativity kind of blossoms when you when you realize hey time is limited uh you know it starts about 10 a.m and we like it's basically like eat a big kind of big breakfast brunch start working snack have snacks in the kitchen at the studio throughout the day so no one gets hangry yeah and then <laughs> ar around dinner time you you break 
and you kind of work like a eight, sometimes 10 hour day if you really want to like push it. But um, that was kind of the schedule we kept and Tucker, he, you know, he has kids and, you know, in the evenings, it's nice to be able to like step away. And the yeah. other thing that's cool, and this happened on a lot of tunes is like, all right, what are we recording tomorrow? Run it down at the end of the day, the day before and be like, you know what? We really need a bridge or, you know what? The chorus just isn't good enough. Tonight, we're going to go back to the house and we're going to write, we're going to fix whatever needs to be fixed. And I love that last minute pressure of yeah. like, we're cutting this tomorrow or we're cutting this in an hour. I need a really good line right here. And like, I feel like creativity really like kicks into high gear sometimes. I don't, you can't leave everything to the last minute. You got to have like, you got to know what you're doing to some degree, I think. But sometimes I like to leave some bits and pieces unfinished because now that everybody in the band gets to collaborate and make something beautiful happen in the pressure of the moment or, or say the night before. So sometimes those evenings, it's not like we're not working. We're still like writing songs and arranging things for the next day. But, but yeah, that's kind of how, how we like to work. Um, and I just feel like the work life balance is just like, it's a little more sustainable that way. Yeah, I mean, you, you made a great point about, you know, that this is what you guys do all the time, right? So you can't just treat it like the first the first big time y'all are getting to record and and whatever um but so no, I, that totally that totally makes sense. And probably yeah. plus two, the older you get, right? Your body's not the same, so it's not like you guys want to party till uh, right. Yeah. I mean, it's not like yeah, that the, anymore. Yeah. The, the partying is much mellower. We, you know, <laughs> totally. it's a mellow vibe but that we're all, we're chasing the mellow vibes now. Yeah. And not <laughs> the, like stay up all night vibes. Um, yeah. yeah. But, and it's also, I mean, it's a luxury. I, I, I have to like say it's a luxury to not, like we book two weeks, right? Like more time than you need to make a record. Um, I've made records in much shorter time than that, but we were like, let's just do this, do it right. And, um, we certainly used the full two weeks cause we had it, but it wasn't like that time crunch. Like and a lot of times when the budget's tighter, um, you know, it's like, we got 10 songs to do in three days, we got to go. And so yeah. sometimes you have to work that way to, to work within the budget. Um, in, in the heathens world, we're, we're pretty fortunate. Like our fan base is awesome and support us and it, it's a, a business I and mean, we've been an independent band the whole time we've never been on a label except for in europe there's been a european label to release our stuff over there but it's all like truly like we're supported by our fan base and awesome. none of Grass us have roots. other jobs this is like what we do and and so um but we there's enough there to like make a record in a way that's like i think it 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 gets the best results too because it's relaxed and it's um, everyone's you can try something and there's not that huge time crunch. The time crunch is good in some ways, but in other ways, like freedom to like, well, let's try it this way. Yeah. Is that cool? No, yeah, let's yeah. try it this way now and try a different yeah. groove and um, maybe a new instrument. Right. Or something totally. different. Yeah. yeah. Like, hey, you know what? Let's strip this down to acoustic or let's rock yeah. this. Elect you know, and to be able to record it two or three different ways. Sometimes, you know, you can't do everything like that or else it. I mean, I guess you can, but it's good to make decisions on the fly, but sure. it's also nice to be, to have the luxury to kind of not be uh, sweating like, oh, we're not going to get everything done, you know? So Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I've recorded a few times, a few songs, uh, you know, here and there o over the course of whatever. And um, it, for me, it's stressful as all 
goddamn hell um, because usually yeah the, the you know there's just a certain amount of time you have and the pressure to get things right in front of everybody uh was my <laughs> uh sort of stress yeah. uh was yeah, like you know yeah everyone's like okay you got your part okay you can knock it yep. you know get it down right. and um uh, you know i sang and stuff and i'm a horrible singer so i don't know why anybody wants me singing but whatever uh so you know, that would be my pressure of singing, make sure it's right, make sure it's this, make sure it's, I hated it. I mean, I just, I liked it and hated it. Like, I liked the final product when you hear, you know, the producer or whatever, play the stuff back and he mixes it all or whatever. And you're just like, oh, okay, that's that's what's coming out of there. But yeah, the pressure for me is just, I just don't, I like the food pressure. Like when I'm cooking as a chef, I like that pressure a lot. And I don't know why one pressure I like the you- other I don't Would know. you say you're more proficient in the kitchen than you 100%. are? hundred percent. That's think, probably I think why, that's, right? Confidence. Yeah. Because yeah. I think early on, I remember like the pressure and, and just not having, not being as good at what you do. And so there's this fear of screwing up and yeah. being the guy that's holding everything up. Whereas like yeah. once everybody is, is, if everybody in the room is like at a level where like the same guy's not messing up every time. I mean, yeah, no one's, I mean, sometimes you love those mistakes when they happen. Sometimes they actually, you know, make for magical moments. But generally, once you, re- I think, reach a certain level of proficiency, probably in anything, everybody can relax a little bit. Yeah. Because it's like, all right, we're all just doing what we what we do. That's a good point. You know? Yeah, that, that's a, that's actually a great point. That's probably exactly uh, what it is. Yeah, I feel complete confidence making a dish. Like, no problem. Like, I know what I'm doing. Like, you know, it's, never a question but yeah the singing there's just no way i feel any confidence in that because i don't know what i'm doing and um you know it's just to, about time yeah like, it's, how much time yeah. have you put into it you know totally you not very much hours in the kitchen you know uh, yeah a lot a lot more in the restaurant industry than than singing and stuff um i mean i love to sing and you know have my guitar but just like any idiot that likes to has an acoustic guitar and plays songs you know but i'm not that idiot that brings out the guitar at a party right and like oh let me play you guys my new song i got you know and just interrupt everything you're just like dude we're we're playing monopoly what are you what are you talking about we don't have time for this quick set list um yeah but uh <laughs> you know the it's the worst man I, i'm not that guy um i actually don't play any covers either so i'm like a really bad guitar player if Someone comes over my oh play play us a song play us you know play this song I'm like I don't know anybody else's songs I can only play the few songs I've written and that's it because uh, I don't really like playing guitar to play other people's music I don't know if that's weird or not but that's not why I pick up a guitar I I don't I could give a crap about your song and me playing it I I just want to tinker around and fill myself emotionally like it helps yeah. me like as a therapy yeah. for me right or i'm pissed off or angry or sad i go play guitar and i just tinker around there's no real there's no agenda i have zero agenda i have zero goals i'm just and i feel better afterwards so that's yeah, what it is you know that's, that's what it is for beauty. me that's the beauty of art uh and expressing yourself um you know it's interesting i have the same feeling about um I mean, I, I grew up playing in cover bands, right? So I like, I've done lots of that, but I reached a point when I started really getting into songwriting, I was like, this is all I want to play. But I have to say, I think, and, and there may be a parallel here between cooking and making music once again, I feel like just only diving in and only playing, like expressing yourself emotionally, which is like great therapy and can actually yield very cool results musically. It's very free and like not, 
inhibited by rules. Um, but I imagine if you just, if like me, like I'm not great at cooking. Um, my, my wife is like awesome and, and works in the food industry and like, she's amazing. And I watch her, she doesn't need to follow a recipe. She just like knows what, Oh, it needs more of this and that. And, um, for me, if I'm going to make something, you better have a recipe in front of me. (laughs) I'm going to follow it exactly because I'm not, I don't know what, you know, the, the ratios of this and that, like I, it's not in my head yet to where I can wing it. Yeah. And so, um, I feel like learning cover songs is kind of like cooking a bunch with spending recipes. hours and hours and hours following recipes and learning. Oh, when you, when you like this citrus will cut this, you know, sweetness or what, you sure. know, like the way you, you use the things mixing together is a skill you like for you. It's probably just inherent. It's in your brain because you've done it so much. Yeah. For me, I need to go learn all the cover songs for like years and like yeah. follow those recipes until I learn those things. Because then once you learn all that stuff and you've learned those cover songs, now you can apply all those tricks and all the all the rules that Dylan broke and the Beatles broke when they were just breaking down barriers yeah. musically. All those things you learn. I mean, it's like Dylan said, like you can't do you can't break the rules until you learn all the rules that like and he said in his book like chronicles he said hank williams hank williams wrote all the rules so you learn those rules then you know how and when to break them and i think it's kind of a similar thing covers it's not always fun but my band actually like when we play live we always have a couple of covers in the set oh yeah um and it kind of like it's like leaving a breadcrumb trail of like where you come from you know from your influences Oh, and uh, so it's fun, but uh, but you also learn new things every time you learn a new cover, especially if you challenge yourself with something hard. And yeah. now you can bring that to your own expression of, of your own music. So, yeah, it's it's interesting how and it's funny to me. I keep thinking about food and music and how they go together. It's like they really do. You're, I mean, you're 100 percent right, man. You, you made a really good point there, man. I, I really have to say that that makes like total sense. Um to be honest with you, like the covers for the recipes, like that, that makes absolute sense to, to be honest with you. So I, I think I'm going to take a little different approach uh, to that now, to be honest with you, because that, that hundred percent makes sense. And, and now don't get me wrong. I, I will play a cover here or there just on my own. Just, I'll, you know, bring up the iPad and bring something. I'm like, Oh, I love that song. How, how can I play it a little bit? And you're right. That's how you can learn new things because that is how you learn in cooking is by cooking other people's stuff and learning, right? And I've worked for other people and you're cooking their food. And it's not your stuff. So you're learning. Uh, man, that makes absolute sense. Dude, you just blew the doors off of this. <laughs> I love no, it. It's funny. I love it. Man, I tell you the covers thing. Um, so right now in the, in the pandemic, uh, my band is spread across the country and every Tuesday night. So, so we're doing two things right now. Um, Ed and I, that we're the two singers in the band, we we do these these private Zoom concerts, and if Love you go to like band, bandofheathens.com/book, you'll see every month we'll release a new batch of of openings, and it's usually Thursday, Friday, Saturday night, um, and you can it's like a hundred bucks for one of us solo or two hundred for us together. Now we can't play together at the same time and like harmonize, but we'll do these song swaps, and it's fun, and you can invite ten of your friends into the Zoom thing. 
and they everyone's zooming in and we get to talk in between songs and tell stories ask questions and i've gotten to know i mean we've been doing this for like almost five months now and four months is that right we're four in, or five i'm losing track of time i think yeah. it's somewhere in there <laughs> five yeah, sounds we're like right in the, we're or, in the fifth we're in the fifth, in the fifth month month, right now yeah. so of doing this so um we've been doing these shows since then uh we've done hundreds of them and uh, they're, they've been awesome and it's been cool to connect with our, our people on a deeper way. Yeah. They don't get the energy of the rock and roll show, but we're getting this like really personal connection. It's like they're in my living room and I'm in there. I bet they love it. I bet the fans yeah, and, and fucking like some people love do it regularly. They do it every week. And like, I've gotten to know these people. They're like friends now. It's very cool. So we've been doing that. But then on Tuesday nights, the whole band gets together on a zoom call and we broadcast it to YouTube Live, Facebook Live. It's live. And we trade songs. We make a cocktail recipe. Our bass player does a cocktail recipe every week. Our keyboard <laughs> player features uh, he features a, uh, a Grateful Dead live concert. He's really into the dead, and so he features there's it. like a dead moment. Our drummer <laughs> features the vinyl record and talks about, you know, when it was made and the, the you know, Oh, that's cool. And, I like that. Yeah, and, and then Ed and I will trade songs acoustically at the end we all trade a song and each do a verse and we trade it on zoom. So wow. like I'll sing a first verse and then the next guy takes it over and we that have it coordinated. Cool. It's really fun. But the, the coolest cool. segment of the show is we have special guests in and they zoom in. And during the week leading up to it, we're making recordings every week. We do a new cover song because Got it. yeah, it's like, it's easy because we can all record our parts remotely. Yeah. We get a special guest to like do a vocal and we all video ourselves doing it, and we make a music, a mashup uh, music video of it. Oh, that's and, um, cool. And that what's cool is like in a studio, normally I like a whole band tracking together live because that's where you, you're always searching for those musical hooks, those cool, that guitar riff that starts the song that like everybody, the crowd loses their minds when they hear that riff because yeah. that's, they know, you know, it's like those hooks of that, or that drum fill that everybody air drums. Yeah. Like those moments <laughs> usually uh, happen when a band is in a room experimenting, trying to come up with hooks. And, and so for cover songs, somebody already did the hard work of finding those hooks. So it's fun <laughs> for us. Like, hey, let's pick really cool covers, have a special guest in, collaborate with us. And we've done 14 of them. I think this week we're working on our 15th one. And because um, I guess the first five weeks we did the show, we hadn't figured out this part yet. But, uh, <laughs> but it's really fun to do these cover songs um, and to make music videos for them. Every week we do a new one. And so um, that awesome. that's, that's been really fun. So, yeah, Tuesday nights, it's called The Good Time Supper Club is the name of our show. It's at 730 Central. And it's on all the Band of Heathens, you know, YouTube page, Facebook page. Um, and there's a bandofheathens.com slash live is a site. And then uh, Luck, the Luck Reunion people also, luck.stream, they're hosting our stream as well. So it. anyway, it's been fun. It's cool. That's I mean, awesome. it's funny. The covers thing came up because I'm kind of with you. It's like, that's not really interesting to me. But really, I know it's good for me. I and get it. That, a, that makes when you're with that a band sense. trying to make a cover your own. It kind of you know it can be fun, but yeah, yeah, that's a good anyway. point. Plus, I mean, look, I've, we've all heard great covers, right? Like I've heard great covers that have been released, and sometimes you'll like the cover more than the original song. Uh, right. That's that's happened. You know, I'm, I remember having um, B.J. Thomas on 
um, and he famously saying uh, raindrops keep falling on my head, right? And um, uh, he also did uh, Hooked on a Feeling, the first one. So yeah. people confuse his version with the Uga Chaka Uga Chaka one that you hear in Reservoir Dogs and Guardians of the Galaxy yeah. and all that, right? So, you know, talk about a cover taking over the original, right? Like, so he, he was talking to me about that, just how, you know, people get his confused, but that cover took off and did so well and they added some stuff, right? It So cover can be... And he loves it, right? He has no problem uh, with the cover. If anything, it brings attention to his song uh, as well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there are good covers and there are good stuff. The thing with me is, man, I just barely play guitar. So, you know, I, I'm just, I, I hardly ever pick it up. So when I do, I don't really want to spend 15 minutes Googling stuff first to find the tablature, right? In the corner, and then I'm pushing it and play, and then I'm trying to learn. I'm just, oh, man, let me just tinker and then i'm done I, I i really like it's like going for a run real quick in a lot of ways i just yeah t tinker around i'm done with it um you know nobody wants to hear me play dude no, nobody wants to see me uh you know do anything like that um but cooking that's a different that's a different story um so yeah maybe that's it but if i were i guess to spend more time with it i definitely the cover thing makes a thousand percent makes sense. I mean, a hundred percent. It just makes so much sense uh, to do it that way. You know? So, well, uh, I think that's awesome, man. I'm glad you guys are doing uh, the covers. I've seen a lot of bands actually doing, you know, like nights, like they'll have like a one, one band in particular I'm thinking of, I don't know if you've heard of them, Blue Water Highway. They, um, they do like, you know, Willie Nelson night or a Beatles night or this or that. And I, I think that's really cool. Um, I guess just, they just do so many live streams. There's only so many times you can play your own songs for people, um, right? If more, if some of the same people are coming to see you over and over again. So I love that, that they do that. Those have these whole nights of playing all these different cover songs and talk. I mean, they are, they are ridiculously good. So um, th that makes sense, you know, makes yeah. sense for, the, to, for them to do that. But um, yeah, I love that you guys are, you know, live streaming the private Zoom stuff is in the private zoom how do people sign up for that do they go you said they go to your website right yeah there's a band of heathens.com slash book and book, and right. there's three calendars one is for ed and myself together and then there's one for just me and one for just ed and you just go pick a date it's honestly like it's super easy you click on a date click on a time slot and sometimes there may not be any dates available right now i don't know if, we'll have to i'm not sure if we've released Actually, by the time this airs, I think we'll have released the next month. But, yeah, there's there's dates, time slots. You click on one. You put your name in. You can put 10 emails for your friends you want to invite or invite them later. Um, you can put in requests for request songs. And then you put in a credit card, and it books. And it sends you a confirmation email with a Zoom link on the certain date and the time. It sends me the same thing, and it goes into my calendar automatically. It's amazing. We, we've figure out awesome. this little widget that uh puts it all together so yeah you just it's it's like the booking side of it is all done automatically all we do is yeah. release time slots and dates and how long and is it uh normally they're they're 40 minute shows uh rolling every 45 minutes so like we'll block out like a four and a half hour uh chunk and do like six of them in a row oh um, damn that's gotta be tiring yeah you know it is but it's um it's 
it's all that we have right now and it's yeah. a way to keep working and, sure. and we, do, we don't do it every night you know like i said we'll do like three nights of those and then one night of the band stream yeah. which is the band stream is more of a variety show with music as part of it uh but we do other things and try to have some laughs but but it's been great I, i've been shocked at how connected i'm feeling to our people and just you know it, i'm really grateful for um you know as strange as this time is i'm just grateful that uh there are you know we're we're still connected to our our fan base and and i feel like they're providing us with a ton of support and we're able to keep creating and provide hopefully some comfort and some escape from all the you know the craziness that that we're in right now so yeah absolutely well like you said um you've actually made some close connections with some of these fans and i don't think that would have happened had the pandemic not happened right so just some silver linings you know i think you're making connections you wouldn't have otherwise made so maybe in the long run with your fan base this could have some benefits come out of this because you'll eventually get back to the live shows and then you'll probably start to see some of these people in person and they're going to, I mean, if they already loved you before, they're really going to love you now, you know? So, yeah, I, 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 think I hope awesome. so. I mean, that's, that's how we feel. So we we're, we're grateful. So that's awesome. Never, uh, I used to always complain about, Oh, I got to be on the road so much. And then, uh, but it's like, man, I got it pretty good. It's, I'm, I feel really fortunate. I love my band and, and um, just fortunate to have a, you know, a musical family supporting us. So, no, that's awesome. Well, quickly tell us um, just one last time before we go here, um, Gordy, like just the um, when the album comes out, you know, all those last minute details, the be the website yep. again, just, you know, social media handles too. just just real sure. quickly. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the band is the band of heathens. We have a new record called Stranger, which is coming out September 25th. And uh, we're a bunch of singles are already out. So you can check them out on spotify and and itunes and pandora and um all that stuff uh new videos coming soon too and then uh we're doing we call it the lifeline tour those are our private shows and and you can check those out at bandofheathens.com slash book and uh and then our live stream that happens on tuesday nights that's on all the you know just search for band of heathens on facebook and um all the all the different social sites youtube um and we're on Instagram, obviously, but, uh, yeah, that's band of com slash live. And, and just in general, just, if you just get on the Google and you, you'll, we're pretty easy to find. So <laughs> the Google, um, I like how you said that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then, <laughs> um, I've got a, I've got a recording studio called the finishing school here in Austin that, uh, I, again, I feel super grateful, uh, to have a space to work and, um, and to make records and collaborate with other artists. So, um, that's awesome yeah where, where is the studio at it's it's on the north side of town too it's kind of near it's kind of close to where like burn it hits 183 yeah on the north side okay. of town and do uh, y'all do um is it only mute like what do y'all record there is it just music stuff like voice work or just i mean just music right now i mean it's it's not really like a public studio uh it's mainly been uh work that kind of my small circle of engineer friends and bandmates any projects that are kind of tied to us um can can you know work out of there um i'm, I'm not like taking out google ads and trying to get you know <laughs> random people through there um sure. 
It's really great. It's, I mean, the gear is incredible. I'm doing a renovation right now. It's actually been closed down for about six months, but I should be opening up in here in September and um, get back to making some more records, obviously wearing masks and doing all that. Sure. But um, sure. yeah, I'm hoping to also do some live streaming out of there. And um, now that maybe that that's what you could do thing. is set up a place for bands to do live streaming. Yeah. Easy, you know, easily, I, you know, to, they can just come in. It's like, Dude, I can't do it in my house. I don't have this stuff, but we can go to this place and live stream out to our play. You know, that's going to be the new. I just yeah. think that's going to stick around even when things right. start opening because it's going to be a slow. It's just going to be even when things open. I mean, it's yeah. not like everyone's just going to rush to get out to go play, you know, to go to these concerts. I mean, I definitely think there are going to be people that do that, but it's going to be a slow road. So, yeah, I think finding a way to, you know, fold that in to, to generate revenue, right. As a, a revenue stream is just a, is a great idea. And, and as far as the studio goes, being able to set something, I mean, I'm just spitballing with you here, right. Just yeah. businessman to businessman. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking that that could be something that, that a lot of bands or musicians, you know, could use, um, to be honest, I was actually going to say too, you know, when I was looking up, uh, when we started this podcast, I looked up studios in Austin so we could record the podcast at a studio here. And I'll tell you what, man, there was like none. And I was blown away that Austin like has like, I mean, I found one. I ended up finding, I guess at the end of the search, I found two. But one was like, they did a lot of other stuff. So it wasn't just podcast, you know, stuff or whatever. But this other mm -hmm. one was podcast based and they get a ton of work because there's just nobody else doing podcast recordings, um, you know, to help people get their podcasts recorded. Um, I, I think that's another big market. If anybody's got a studio, they should be thinking about not necessarily looking at, but I would definitely, yeah. uh, you know, research it, look, and maybe down the road, it's something you might want to get into. Cause it's really easy to set up some stuff. People come in and, um, do it. We, we were recording at permanent records, uh, studios. Have you heard of that studio? I haven't. No. It's off South Congress and, you know, the old church off of South Congress, you know, the church there, on, it's like where the, on the main part of South Congress next yeah. to the secondhand store. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Yep. All yep. of that. So behind, I guess behind it in the parking lot, there's another entrance and the studio has like a part of that and it's up top, like on the third floor uh, where their studios are. So I, I'm not sure if that's church, I guess it's church property that they rent it from or whatever, but it's right there off the South Congress. Great location. Really hard to find if you don't know where it is though on uh, the back door, but that's yeah, a nice little studio. You know, we're we're actually excited to get back in there to start recording, uh, but they haven't really opened up all the way. And, you know, mm -hmm. um, and yeah, we had to do the same thing, pivot and start doing this. I mean, I created all this for the well, podcast. I was going to say, you could, to, to, for a podcast, it's not like you need 16 channels of microphones. It's pretty basic. So it's super uh, basic. You know, that, that SM7 microphone you got there, you know, hey, it's the Michael Jackson Thriller mic. Bruce Swedeen and Quincy Jones. Um, yeah, it. I mean, those are, I mean, th all that stuff is, it's not like it's crazy if you have a laptop and um, it's, I, I have recorded a couple podcasts at my studio, but that just when I've been interviewed yeah. for stuff, uh, people have come to me, which has been nice and it's, it's super easy. It really is so man. much easier than making, than recording music. Oh my um, God. Absolutely. Um, way easier. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, way. if you, if you ever need a, need a, a spot and you're in a pinch man uh 
feel free to absolutely call. of course of course um uh, yeah 100 percent. yeah to be honest with you i've got really good at doing it at the house i was talking to you know the rest of the team about yeah. the podcast like well we might just save the you know gosh i think we yeah. i don't want to say that how much money we're spending but let's just say it was a lot you know I'm talking thousands yeah. a month to record the podcast at a at a studio now granted it's worth it like the studio is beautiful it's nice the, yeah. The, yeah it's nice right the equipment the my everything's great um they have somebody in the room with you you know making sure everything's whatever it's great um but like that's a lot of money to save every month and we've been having success with this, just doing doing it from my home and doing remote interviews because all of ours were in person before, but yeah. obviously, right, the pandemic, you can't do that anymore. So, you know, it's weird. It's these pivots you make because of the pandemic, but then as things start to open up, you're like, well, what, man, I don't know if I want to pivot back. I, you know, I kind of, we've enjoyed the pivot we've made because we get more opportunities to talk to more people this way, to be honest with you. You know, like you were saying, your band is spread out over and y'all can do that because y'all can still communicate and get together and do them. And I, I love that actually. I think it probably makes the band get along better because everyone's still allowed to do right and still live their lives. So it's sort of the same thing with the podcast in a lot of ways, like the people we could get, if we had to have them in person, you're, you're really limiting, you know, yourself because it's not like we're this massive company with this massive budget where we can just fly people in and put them up at great hotels and, and wait. Um, we're not there yet. So the idea that, well, let's just do it remotely. Um, but, you know, before the pandemic, remote interviews, they were done, but it wasn't looked, you know, as highly upon. If you could do in person, that's the that's the way you want to go. But because of the pandemic, it's really opened people's eyes to like accept it so much more. And they're yeah. they totally have no problem with it. You know, they well, I think they, a lot of every, everywhere, even in corporate America, like it seems like a lot of too. people are moving. They're like, hey, you know what? Why are we paying all this overhead for an office when? Yep we function just fine with everybody working remotely, you know, and obviously not discounting human connection and all those things, sure. but certain jobs can be done. I mean, I feel connected to you. It's funny how, how this like virtual way, I mean, it's like we do happy hours with our friends on zoom yeah. who are across the country and, you know, it, it, you still laugh together. You get, yeah. you get not all, but some of that of what we've been missing, you know, you get a little bit of it. So yeah, it's crazy how technology is, uh, is kind of the taking over, you know, and, and it's, yeah. it's, it's helping us. And it, I was kind of bitter. I was like, I mean, we're all addicted to our cell phones. And like, sure. I was like kind of sick of all of this and, and how it affects my own personal life um, before the pandemic. And now I'm grateful for all of this. It's like, yeah. okay, you know, this is our lifeline yeah. to connect with people. So. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, pandemic with no internet um, would have, been you know who knows what what it would have been i mean they've already done it right uh, uh but yeah it, it is crazy um you know it, it just like anything it's just about a balance i think technology can go too far right you, you can be on yeah. your phone too much you can be on social media too much you can be zooming with people too much um so it's just about finding that balance but i'm with you I, like i get it we just come from a different time man right we didn't grow up with it it's not like we grew up with the internet or social media or cell phones and taking pictures yeah. and right this whole thing that, that's not even close we were adults when all this came out so we're still fighting it a little bit and i i'm with you man i totally get it hey i wasn't planning on doing this but can i uh can i wrap this up by playing you a song oh dude that would be fucking killer actually all right yes. let's, let's try i'm gonna mute here. i'm gonna mute my microphone so yeah. it doesn't that's that's perfect um 
I just there's all this talk about technology and uh, all this stuff. Love this kind of plays right into it. Um, Better you end us with a song than me. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I just think that Spinal Tap. Since my baby left me, no, they're trying to like harmonize. Remember that scene where they're yeah, trying to yeah. like harmonize that. It's scene. a raga. It's like my favorite. I love that scene so much. Oh, yeah. Since my, since my, since my baby left me. I just love that scene. It's so funny. Yeah. Okay. All right, my man. I'm muting now. All right, man. Here. Um, so this tune uh, made me. Since we were talking about uh, talking about the uh, state of affairs with with internet and, and our phones and addiction to social media and always feeling like you gotta check in on, on you know not being present in your real life kind of inspired this tune here um, there we go this one's called uh, cracking the code and it uh, it was from our our record called Duende, and it kind of has to do with this whole idea of being uh, addicted to our uh, our phones and all that. But kind of, I'm actually kind of eating my words now with this song. I'm grateful for it. But uh, anyway, it goes like this. A window to world in hand tablets books the tools of man take a picture quick remember it gates and jobs and walls of fame the here and gone and back again just like Lazarus faking it, we're cracking the code again, making all kinds of friends. Together we're all alone when the master serves a machine too long. Read the writing on the wall. Say too much, reveal it all Toss your dreams in the stream I don't need to touch your skin I saw your face in a book you're in So popular Love so pure We're cracking the code again Making all kinds of friends Together we're all alone When the master serves a machine too long
pile up today How do you feel what you ate Your foolish grin Everywhere you've been Am I who I say I am Zeros, ones, the tools of man It's open source So use the force We're Cracking the code again Making all kinds of friends Together we're all alone When the master serves a machine too long We're Cracking the code again Making all kinds of friends Together we're all alone When the master serves a machine too long When the master serves a machine too long When the master serves a machine too long Good God, dude. You got that at your disposal. You can just whip out. Your wife must love you, dude. You can just whip out and play a song like that. Jesus Christ. Dude, that was so good, bro. Oh, oh thanks, my man. God. I'm blown away, dude. That's like the best. Oh, my dog loved it too, Rocket. <laughs> we brought Rocket from Spain, actually. Oh, nice. Um, that dude. That is just unbelievable. You have such a great sound too, playing through the Zoom. Like, I, so good. It just sounds amazing, man. That's thanks, such man. a great song. Yeah, thanks. Damn. Yeah, that's that's been uh, the challenge with all this stuff is figuring out all the Zoom audio settings you have yeah. to disable to make it sound better coming through. And uh, and obviously, I've got a lot of my studio gear here, like mics and preamps. So I'm a little spoiled as far as having some tools here, but. But yeah, I'm, this is kind of what this is what I've been doing for five months. So that's uh, awesome, man. I mean, yeah. wow, just amazing, dude. Yeah, I'm just Thanks. blown away by that. Um, God, so good. You know, I had Kinky Friedman on uh, maybe a few weeks ago, and he he played a song too. I was blown away. Same thing, man. I just I, I'm oh, I'm blown character. away that that he's a character, man, <laughs> for sure. He's a character. Um, you know, I, I'm blown away that you know people can play these songs like this man i'm just blown away by people like you that that have this you know you can just pick up that guitar and just boom it, it's I just i don't know how to describe it man it's just this like i'm just so jealous i'm jealous and like it's amazing i just i'm blown away i love it I, it makes me love art so much uh to be honest with you i just i'm i'm just so happy that uh you know that people like yourself exist man and they're around for us and they give us these this joy of this uh entertainment because believe it or not man you, you might not think it makes a big difference in people's lives it's just music it's just a song like what am i really doing 
it makes a huge difference, man. I'm gonna be real honest with you. It, you know, I guarantee you that your songs have gotten people through tough times, and with the pandemic, it's gonna get people through more tough times. So, you know, just keep doing what you're doing, man. It's just so awesome, and well, that was just such a good song, man. I'm, I'm just still, I'm, I'm just, I'm feeling it. I got goosebumps from that. Well, thanks, man. I appreciate you uh, having me on your show, and it's been great talking yeah. with you, man. No, it's been awesome. I, I really appreciate you taking the time, man. And um, yeah, my, my best to you and your band and your family. I just, you know, wish you guys the best with the release of everything. And, and if you ever need anything, man, you know, you know how to get a hold of me. So if, if you need something, um, feel free to uh, reach out. And uh, we're both in Austin. So if you need anything at all, you let me know. Sounds good, man. Be in touch. All right. Awesome. Thanks again, brother. The Lone Star Play podcast is produced by Texas Real Food. Go to texasrealfood.com and you can search your city for stores, butchers, restaurants, farmers markets, and more who are using fresh, artisanal, organic sources. It's a fun site that brings all natural options all together. I hope you enjoyed this episode. For more information, go to thelonestarplay.com. I'm your host, Patrick Scott Armstrong. Until next time. (laughs) 